Scripture reading this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. Paul writes, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles, who are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of His power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given, to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that He has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. This is the word of the Lord. You know, one of my favorite cartoons growing up was Scooby-Doo. Anybody else like Scooby-Doo? I I think it came on right after school and I would come home and I would watch uh, Scooby-Doo. Basically, Scooby-Doo is a cartoon where you have a group of teenagers and a dog named Scooby-Doo that would travel around in a van a uh, pretty eclectic looking van called the Mystery Machine. And everywhere this Mystery Machine went, there was a mystery to solve. And throughout the episode, I think it was about a 30 minute episode, so throughout the episode, they would be finding clues along the way, and they would eventually find out uh, the answer to the mystery what was going on, who was behind it. And then at the very end, they would reveal to the town. Who's behind the mystery, the mysterious events that have been happening, and how the person committed the crime or whatever it may have been. And so the mystery would be revealed for all the people in the town to see. And so, you know, we all love to see a mystery revealed or solved, whether it's Scooby-Doo or Sherlock Holmes or Matlock or Columbo. I mean, I don't know what your mystery you know, show was or is, but we love to see a mystery revealed, solved, figured out. And when you read the Bible, the Bible is a mysterious book in some ways because you look back in the book of Genesis and you're reading through it and then you come to chapter 3 and God has made people for Himself and then yet these people rebelled against God. And so that put this mystery in motion and the mystery is how will God reconcile a rebellious, diverse people to himself. That's the mystery. And this mystery unfolds throughout the whole of the Bible. And there are all these clues along the way. And we're trying to figure out what is God doing? How is he going to accomplish this great act? And so this is the mystery that has been unfolding all throughout Scripture, all throughout history. This is the mystery that Paul discusses here in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. 
And he discusses at least three truths about this mystery. First of all, he discusses the, the revealing of the mystery. And then he discusses how he was entrusted with the mystery. And then he talks about how we can uh, display this mystery to the watching world. So look with me at verse 1 and following. And this is what he says. He says, for this reason I, Paul, and this is just Paul. This is how he writes. If you notice how, it, how it's structured here, listen to what he says. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles. He gets to that point, and then he gets on this rabbit trail. It's a good rabbit trail. But he's thinking, I'm in prison for you Gentiles. And then his mind starts to go down a different path. And then he'll come back to what he was originally talking about in verse 14. And we'll talk about that next week. But we have this, this holy parenthesis here of thought about the mystery. And he says... In verse 2, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And notice that he says that this mystery, this insight into the mystery of Christ was not made known to the former generations of man. You see that? It was a mystery. How was God going to bring a rebellious people to himself, this diverse group of people? How is he going to bring them all together into one body? That was the mystery. How would God do it? And all throughout the Old Testament, if you've read the Old Testament, if you're familiar with it, you know there are clues along the way. But there's not great clarity. In other words, we don't know exactly, just by reading the Old Testament, how God was going to do it. We know He was going to, uh, you know, Genesis 3, the, uh, the, the son or the child of a woman will crush the head of the serpent. We know that. Uh, we know that we're going to have a suffering servant in Isaiah. Moses says there's going to be a greater prophet than he is that will come on the scene. I mean, we know these clues along the way. Uh, David's, someone's going to sit on David's throne forever. So we know the, 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 um, the line of, of David is going to continue through God's plan. And so we have all these clues and they begin to come together. But they really aren't clear until Christ comes on the scene and then makes this mystery known to his apostles and prophets and, uh, and I, you know, we can all relate to God's people in the Old Testament as well as today, right? In other words, we just don't understand everything. I mean, there is mystery in life. Whether you lived in the days of Abraham or Moses or David, you were living in anticipation on how God was going to do what He says He's going to do. There was mystery there. But even today, we are in situations in our own lives and we don't know what God's doing. You know, God, how are you working in this situation? Why am I going through what I'm going through? What are you doing? That's mystery. And God calls us to trust Him within the mystery. That's what He called the Old Testament believers to do. Trust Him. Trust that He will fulfill what He's doing. And He will bring about what He says He's going to bring about. And it's the same for us today, even on this side of the cross. Yes, we know how God is going to bring Himself a people, and that's through Jesus. But still, life is full of mystery. And still, God calls us to trust Him with the unknown. But, 
even though there are, there are several mysteries in our own lives as far as specific situations, this mystery of how God is going to accomplish His redemptive purpose has been solved. It's been revealed. Look at verse 6. He tells us what it is. Paul is very plain. He says, this is the mystery. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That's the mystery. And this is the, the solution. This is what God's done. He has brought mankind together into one body through Christ. And so based on this verse and the verses that have come before it, specifically in chapter 1, there, there are basically two parts to this mystery. First one is foundational. Second one is consequential. So the first foundational part of this mystery is that God is uniting all things in Christ. That's the foundational part of the mystery. Ephesians 1, 7 through 10 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, listen to this, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven, and on earth. So the first part of the mystery is that God is uniting all things in Christ. The consequential part of the mystery is that both Jews and Gentiles now are members of the same body, co-heirs together of the same promises of God in Christ. So God reconciles diverse humanity to himself through Christ and he brings them together in one body, one people through Christ. And this is the mystery that was revealed to Paul and the other apostles and prophets. And this is the mystery that Paul says not only has it been revealed, but it's been entrusted to him. For example, verses 7 through 9, look at this. The second truth here is he, he's been entrusted with the gospel. Paul writes, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of His power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach, the, preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So Paul's saying, okay, God has made known to me the mystery. He's revealed to me the mystery in Christ. That He's uniting everything into Christ. Uh, he's bringing people together in Christ. And you see, what's interesting here is that if you were at the crucifixion of Christ and you were watching it happen, you would not necessarily know why it was happening. You know, all you would know is Jesus was a great teacher. He did miracles. He made some, some claims. He, he died on this cross. But you wouldn't know anything other than that, really, unless God reveals it. If He reveals what He is doing through the event, then we know. And that's what Paul's saying, is that God has revealed to him what He was accomplishing through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. God's intent for the event, or in, through the event, is, has been made known to Paul. And the intent is to unite everything in Christ, which includes bringing people together. Even though in our diver we may be a diverse people, we can be united in Christ. 
And so the only way that, that you and I understand what God did through Christ and is doing and will do is by going to His Word. Because that is how God revealed uh, His plan to us. And this was the revelation that was entrusted to Paul. And Paul says this was a stewardship that God entrusted him with this mystery. And it was a stewardship. You see that in verse 2. And he says that as a result of being told the, the, the mystery, he was told the mystery, now he's a minister. So because he was given the mystery, it was revealed to him, now he is a minister. And his task was twofold. One, he was to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. You see that in verse 8. And two, he was to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for the ages in God who created all things. And so what we need to see here is that with grace comes responsibility. With grace comes responsibility. Believing the gospel enlists you into God's family, right? That's how we become part of God's family is believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Embracing Christ as our Lord and Savior. That brings us into the family of God. But when we become the part of the family of God, we're also enlisted in the mission of God. So the grace of God brings with it responsibility. And so when you and I receive the grace of God, which, it, which enables us to understand and believe the gospel, this mystery of Christ, then we are given a responsibility. You know, one of the uh, older uh, Spider-Man movies... Uh, you know, Uncle Ben was having a conversation with his nephew, Peter Parker. And you remember this famous quote. He says to Peter, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. You may remember that if you've seen the show, the movie. Well, Paul's not saying that. What he's saying is with grace, with grace comes great responsibility. So he's saying as God, by his grace, have, has entrusted the mystery to him, now it is his responsibility to share the, the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make God's plan known to people. So he has received it and now he's compelled to, to share it. And so we've been enlisted. If you are a Christian, you've been enlisted and given a mission. And that is, you are a mystery revealer. Okay? It is your role now to, to solve the mystery for people. Because people don't know what God's doing. They don't know what God accomplished through Jesus. They don't know that. And so the role of the church now is to help them understand the mystery. This is what God was doing and this is how He did it through Christ. And this is how you can be a partaker of His grace through Christ. This is how you can be saved. And so if we are in Christ, if Christ is our Savior, then we've been given this mission to make Christ known. And now let me be clear on this. Now our lives, you know, we ought, we ought to be a loving people, a generous people, a kind people. Our lives should be characterized by goodness. Uh, I mean, that obviously should be true if we know the Lord. And our lives should support what we say. It should support the mystery as we reveal it. But our lives, our good works, our, the good things that we do, they are not a substitute for the mystery of Christ. Do you understand that? Your good 
works, the good things you do, are not a substitute for the gospel message. Because the gospel is just that. It's a message. It's not a work. It's a message. It is the the good news about what God has done through Jesus Christ. And so, yes, we should be loving. We should be kind. We should be generous. We should allow God to work through us as we believe the gospel. These, These are the things that happen. But at the same time, our actions are no substitute for the message. If you only love on people through your actions, the mystery will remain a mystery. The mystery will remain a mystery. I mean, they will be a recipient of your, of your good deeds. But how God is reconciling people to Himself will still remain a mystery. And they will not know what it is. Unless you interpret for them why you do what you do. And so the role of the church is not only to be full of good works and good deeds and love on people, be kind and generous. We should be that. But we also should be those who proclaim the mystery. Explain to people how God is at work. What He's doing through Christ. This is what the mystery is. That God is uniting all things in Christ. That He is bringing a diverse people into one body through Christ. And it's only through Jesus. And so, as the church, we must be proclaimers of the message. This this mystery. We should be mystery revealers. And the way people are going to hear and believe the gospel is going to be through those who have heard and believed the gospel. So if you have heard and believed the gospel, then now you have the responsibility to reveal that mystery now to those around you. Because people don't know it. They do not know how God is reconciling man to himself. They think it's through their good works. They don't know that it's through Christ. It's by grace. They don't know that. And as the church, we need to make that known. And so Paul, we see here, Paul, by the grace of God, he heard, he believed the gospel, which then compelled him to share, he says, the unsearchable riches of Christ with everyone. So the question is, have you received God's saving grace? I mean, if you are a recipient of that grace, then we are to be those who also extend that same grace uh, to others as we seek to help them understand what God has done through Christ. And so the question for us is, are, are, we, keeping, are we keeping that mystery to ourselves or are we sharing it with other people? And, you know, our church seeks to be a, uh, a church that gives away the gospel as much as possible. And we're always trying to think of ways to do it, help people understand it. As many people as possible understand the mystery. So there's many ways that we're seeking to do it. I just want to share one way that we're seeking to do that. You know, we have a faith goal here at our church. And that is that we are praying that we see a hundred people gather in this room to worship the Lord on Sundays at 11. And you may say, well, Ron, why, why are we praying for that? Uh, and this is why. Because let's say we may have 70 or so people in here right now. Well, if you have 100 people, guess what? That's 30 more people. I know what you're thinking. He went to Clemson. He's great at math. Uh, I got it. So, 30 more people. Why is that significant? 
Well, let me just tell you, as we see more people gather here, that means the gospel has a greater audience. Right? This isn't the only way. This is just one way that our church is seeking to reveal the mystery of God in Christ. And that's through this gathering point here. And so the more we gather, the more we invite people to gather with us, the more people are hearing the gospel. They're, they're hearing about God reconciling people to himself through Christ. They're hearing about diverse people becoming unified in Christ. That's happening here. And so as we see more people sitting around you and next to you, the gospel gains a greater audience. And so that's why, that's why we want to see these pews filled. You know, when the people of this church built this sanctuary back, I guess, in the 40s, I mean, their vision was to have people sitting in the pews to hear the gospel. I mean, that, this church was founded on the idea of making Christ known. I mean, that's why we're here, and I hope that's why we're still here. And so what we want to do is be very intentional about praying for people that we know, inviting people to come and join us here for worship, welcoming them here when they do come, and, and sharing the gospel through our, our, uh, our love and our words with those around us. That's what we want to see. And so what I want you to do, I just want you to write down 100. I mean, you can write it on your hand. You can write it on your, you know, in your Bible somewhere, on your bulletin. Write down a hundred. And then what I want you to do, I want you to write it down just somewhere. It, you just be reminded to pray. To pray for the 100. And I want you to invite someone to join us or and or pray someone into this place. You ever prayed somebody into somewhere? Pray them in here. You know who you want to invite? Maybe you've invited they say no. You keep praying for them. We pray, we invite, because we know this is one way, not the only way, this is just one way that they can have the mystery revealed for them. They can begin to understand the gospel. They will, they will hear about how God reconciled Himself, people to Himself through Jesus. They will hear about uh, how God can unify people in the midst of diversity through Christ. They'll hear about the gospel. And like I said, it's not the only way, but this is just one way that we're praying together as a church that people will hear it. So I want you to pray for the 100 and invite someone you know to be part of that, be one of those 100 people. Because what we see here in this passage and how it translate to, translates to us is that if we have received the grace of God, then we need to extend the grace of God to others. If we've received it, we need to give it. We need to extend it. And as we extend the grace of God to others, something will be seen. The mystery will be displayed. And we see that in verses 10 through 13. It says, Paul shares the unsearchable riches of Christ so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. So as we embrace and extend grace, it says the manifold wisdom of God will be made known. And this, this word manifold here means multicolored. In other words, 
God's wisdom applies to everyone in every situation you can possibly imagine. I mean, that's how great His wisdom is. God's wisdom is multicolored. And as the gospel goes out, the multicolored wisdom of God will be made known through our lives and in the lives of those who place their faith in Christ. This mystery on display. And so, when we think about mysteries, you know, mysteries, they're meant to be solved. We love a show that has a conclusion, and the mystery is solved. I mean, I don't know about you, but I do not like shows that leave you hanging. You know, I like a nice conclusion, just tie it all up. That's why I love Scooby-Doo. But, uh, you know, we don't, we don't need, as a church, we don't need a, a, you know, a funny dog with a funny name or a van named The Mystery Machine in order to know what God has done. All we need to do is look to His Word, where He has revealed the mystery to us. And God, in His wisdom, has made clear what was once a mystery, and that is how He can reconcile diverse humanity to Himself in one body. And this mystery has been solved. And we know it is through the gospel of Jesus Christ that God reconciles us to Himself and to one another. So if we've embraced God's saving grace through faith, then now it is time to extend that grace to others by helping them come to know Christ. So what we need to be doing is we need to be praying for people. We need to be inviting people to hear the gospel, whether it's you share the gospel with them or bring them into a place where they can hear the gospel. So we need to be praying. We need to be inviting. We need to be welcoming. When we encounter new people, we want to make sure they experience some of the love of God when we embrace them. And we want to share our lives and the message of the gospel with those around us. And then we will begin to see more and more the multicolored, the manifold wisdom of God on display in and through our church.